Hey, hey, hey. Welcome back to the Diet Riot Podcast. I'm Alyssa Miller. I'm Brooke Miller. We're both dietitians. Both moms. Both from the Midwest. Both live in Denver. Both sitting here right now recording this podcast. Yep. Did I miss other stuff? I don't know. You know, who, who knows? knows? <laughs> Who's to say anymore? Uh, yeah, welcome back, guys. Today, we're talking about how to push yourself while working out. Wait, how do you want to say that? Pushing yourself with exercise and or healthy behaviors. Yeah, something like that. I don't know. We'll have a catchy title for you. But whatever it is, we wanted to talk about this idea of how to be an intuitive eater, but still be able to like seriously push yourself. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? It does make sense. Okay. Brooke and I are coming off of like a little teaser here for you, (laughs) recording a course for you guys, which is super exciting, but it's a totally different mindset of recording. So it feels it's weird. It's so much harder to do that <laughs> and be so serious. much harder. Guys, we had, uh, we had we a lot serious. of poop, like poop <laughs> jokes. Oh, I kept a poop joke in there. You did? I made a doo-doo joke. The Chandler Bing doo-doo oh, joke. doo-doo. Find doo-doo. that in module 13. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know. But it's pretty funny. And I was like, should I edit this out? Nope. nope. I'm going to leave it. <laughs> you guys had a really hard time saying Postmates? Post poops mates. And she thought I said poops mates. <laughs> And then we cried for about 20 minutes and nothing got done. So It took us like 30 minutes to record a two-minute segment. And, and it was so funny. We ate Chipotle. And then we ate Chipotle. <laughs> a big burrito sitting in my belly right now. And coffee. So yeah, so we wanted to talk about this idea. I feel like in the intuitive eating community, in the space out there, people are very gentle and kind with your body and like do, 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 all rainbows and ponies and all this stuff. And it's like very easygoing, free flowing, which I agree with. And there's like good to be gracious with your body and have respect for your body and slow down. And a lot of us that are coming out of diet culture are coming from a place of like hard workouts and being really hardcore and not doing any rest days and like being really hard on our body. So I think that's really, really important. But I wanted to talk about today that like, even though you're in an intuitive eating space and you're respecting your body, there's a way to respect your body while also lovingly pushing it at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for instance, if you love to run, bike, swim, hike, it's okay to try to want to do it faster. So if you're swimming laps and you want to try to swim X amount of laps in a faster amount of time and really push your body, I think that's totally fair. If you love to run and you want to run a eight minute mile instead of a 10 minute mile over time, and you have that as a goal and that motivates you, but it doesn't make it feel like a chore, then I think that's totally fine. Um, If you want to lift a little bit heavier and get a little bit stronger um, and gain some muscle mass, that's not a bad thing as long as you're not pushing your body to injury or pain or you're working out when you're sick and you're not listening to your body. Because there's days where you feel really energized and you could probably lift heavier and that's fine. But then two days later, you may be lifting and, and you just you're starting to feel cold or you're just not feeling good, you didn't sleep well, then those days listen to your body and it's okay to lift a little lighter and do more reps. And I think it's just finding that healthy relationship with exercise and really listening to your body because a lot of people push themselves into injury. And if you think about it, if you push yourself into an injury 
I mean, you're, you, you're going to have to take off. Like if you totally. tear your meniscus or break your arm, like you're not going to be able to lift or you're not going to be able to swim or bike and do the things that you love. So it is important to really find that balance of pushing yourself without injuring yourself. Yeah. And it's a delicate line of like this mentality of like, if you see me working out super hard, I'm lifting really heavy or I'm running really fast or I'm, you know, doing a hundred more of whatever because I want to or can you from the outside don't know if I'm doing that workout because of the diet culture mentality or because my intentions are like, I want to feel good in my body. I want to push myself. I want to be competitive. I enjoy being competitive. Like it's, it's, I wouldn't even say it's hard. It's impossible to know someone's real true motives when looking at them from the outside. So I want to be like really clear here that it's a delicate balance because it's all about your intention. So internally, what's your relationship to exercise? What's your relationship to like, Brooke and I talk about this all the time, uncoupling food and exercise. Like, are you working out harder because of something you ate? Are you working out less because you were quote unquote good with your diet? Like, it, uncouple those two and find joy in both eating and moving your body, but still separate. So finding that intention of like working out because you want to and because you genuinely feel good after working out or during your workout and then doing the workouts that honor and respect your body, I just feel like is so important because <laughs> that's where you find all of your energy is through your intention. And that's why we want to strive to like work out and treat our bodies well instead of doing it as a punishment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. If exercise is feeling like a punishment, then it's okay to take a step back and then find something else to try. And I think it is important too to find exercises or workouts that are challenging to a point because you don't want to get bored from something. Right. So like if I only went to gentle yoga classes, I would maybe get a little bit bored with it. And so that's why it's important. If you're a yogi, it is important to kind of mix up your classes and do some gentle and then do some. Well, you can totally and, like get in a rut too. You like you're get saying, in a like, rut, yeah. And then you're just stuck. You're bored. And mm-hmm. then you're like, well, I'm not really, I'll go, but I'm not really like excited to go because it's just gotten kind of boring and I've done the same thing. And another way to make it less boring and more challenging is to go to different instructors. Yeah. So you can do the same class. You can go to cycling five days a week, but if you go to a different instructor in a different class and different music, you're going to get a different workout. And so it is important, even though I love my workout instructors, I do like to go to a few different like workout instructor classes because I know that like one focuses on planks and abs. I hate planks by the way. And you know, I, you know, I do Dalen. Um, but you know, that forces me to work more on my core. And then there's some other classes that I go to where they work more on leg muscles and another class where they work more on lunges. And so it's nice to keep it interesting and also challenging. And for me, I just, if I get bored with something, I'm not as excited about it. And that's how, um, I am with snowboarding. That's why I love snowboarding so much is, snowboarding out at Vail or Beaver Creek or Breckenridge, you can always find a run that's challenging. Yeah, totally. And, you know, you can make the day however you want. Like or you different could, combinations. Like you yeah. could start here and take, you know, greens and then blues and then go to a black or whatever mm-hmm. it might be, which is pretty cool. Yeah. And I feel like your moguls. Like, yeah, oh gosh. Oh man, moguls. No thanks. I don't know if I could do those now after kids. I used to love moguls, like a Ew. sociopath, like 
sociopath no psychopath. i've never done a mogul well i've tried to do moguls well on you're snowboards. also a snowboarder yeah <laughs> snowboarders like we can't we ruin i was them. gonna say it's gotta be so freaking hard to do it well you can't and like feel good about it we but ruin skiing is also gears get pissed well you do chop off the top yeah. of them for sure <laughs> yeah it's not good it wasn't gonna be aggressive to snowboarders but sometimes they do suck in moguls areas <laughs> however skiers are skiers have their own problems yeah you do anyways oh yeah you do yeah Yeah, you you do do. um back to okay i loved what you said about doing the different coaches or the different exercise um instructors that's so important okay i didn't think not that i didn't think this was important but like i'd never thought of it before my sister-in-law came with me to a spin class which was so fun to have her there but um it wasn't my normal spin instructor so i've obviously just had a baby and then like i've just gotten back into spin their schedules have all changed some of them have left some of them have come like new ones and so it was a brand new instructor and i was like all right i don't know what this instructor's like but it'll be fun like i love cycle bar Mm -hmm. it'll be great well we get there and it's a girl i've never seen before and she just had a totally different style of running the class so like i know my top three favorite instructors have like a rhythm to their class like Mm -hmm. this girl starts off with sprints then she does long hills then she does a few jogs then she does arms and then it's like a cool down like it's like a certain rhythm to the class so even though it's hard every time I didn't realize how much I was relying on the rhythm (laughs) like and the expectation to like know what's coming yes because I literally would be like okay this is a sprint but I know after the sprint I'm going to be able to sit down Mm -hmm. and like do a climb a hill or whatever or do a flat road and with this girl, I had no idea what was coming next. So even just mentally was hard for me to like keep up with the class. Like even though physically I was okay, mentally I was more like, this is challenging. Even though her class really wasn't that hard, it was just, I could not believe how much of a crutch I was using, just my expectations. So mm-hmm. all that to say <laughs> that, yes, that's such a great way within your scope of what you like to do to find something new and to make it more exciting for you. Yeah, and I think it's important, too, to find instructors that push you, but not necessarily in a bad way. So you don't want an instructor. Like, I had one. I'm sure I've talked about this on one of our podcasts, but one who was like, so I guys, I'm a slow runner. Slow runner. I hate running. I'm slow. And we were doing sprints. It was like a boot camp class, which I don't no longer go to. And the guy was like, Stacy had five kids and she's outrunning you. And I was like, this is not motivating for me. Right. Because I'm not fast. Yeah. I'm never going to be a sprinter. So you telling me that like Stacy, who had five kids is faster than me. Good for her. Like Damn that's it, not motivating. Right. So like for me, that's not motivating for somebody else that might be. So it is good to find an instructor. And even for yoga, like I like people who are very gentle and mindful and a little quirky and that still motivates me because they focus on what feels good for you and your body and like really trusting yourself to kind of dictate where you want the class to go. And then there's instructors out there who push you to be stronger and like push you like you can go harder, you can go harder, you can become stronger or faster or jump higher. And that is really motivating for other people too. But I think what I would watch out for is instructors who are talking about body image. Mm-hmm. So an instructor who's like, you can only get a six pack if you do this or bikini you, season's coming around the corner guys. season's yeah. coming or did you guys eat all that Halloween candy? Now you got to come here as a punishment totally. to like work it off. So those are kind of cues to kind of watch out for. And sometimes people say it in a joking way and I don't right. think they realize it. And I, probably said that in a joking way like i'm coming to class because i ate all my thanksgiving dinner we all do it we all do it it's mentally ingrained in us through diet culture Mm -hmm. like this is what we grew up on so it's like really hard and that's where 
I get a lot of my joke source material. It's like food or whatever. And it's like, okay, this isn't helpful to people. I need to rewrite kind of the narrative around that. So mm-hmm. I had an instructor one time talk about Chick-fil-A's right next to my cycle bar class. Yeah. And yes, she I've was like, <laughs> now that you did all this, work, yeah, me too. <laughs> now that you've done all this work, don't stop at Chick-fil-A and blow it. And I was just like, okay, now I wasn't going to go to Chick-fil-A. But now I want to. But now I want Chick-fil-A. Like, why do you even say it? Why do you even bring it up into my head? And now it's like that, you know, don't touch the wet paint. And then what do I do? I touch the wet paint. Mm-hmm. So I didn't get it that time that I remember, but I certainly have before. And that's the point is like uncouple your relationship with food and exercise exercise guys there's great meal items at chick-fil-a and i i think i've eaten everything on that menu and it's so good all of it yes all of it's good so anyways how to pushing yourself while being an intuitive eater is not off limits like i think people (laughs) diet culture does not have a stamp or a claim on pushing yourself and being competitive and getting better and getting stronger and getting faster. Like those things are not exclusive to people in diet culture world. We can have that too, you guys, as intuitive eaters. And I think I see a lot of fitness instructors push back on intuitive eating because of this exact point is like, oh, so you just live your life in that same body for the rest of your life? Oh, you just live at that level? No, like you can... You're just happy being slow and never pushing yourself to jump higher or be stronger. (laughs) It's like, no, I can be happy no matter how strong I am, no matter in what body size I am, no matter what, because your body will go through cycles and changes, you guys. And that means that sometimes you're really, really fit. Like right before I got pregnant, probably the fittest I've ever been in my life. Now, I didn't say smallest, but the fittest Mm -hmm. I've ever been in my life right before I got pregnant with my last child. So I was the fittest I'd ever been, not the smallest, but the fittest. And now postpartum, I'm probably not the weakest, but definitely weaker than I've been in a long time. But I can still be happy and find food freedom and uncouple my thoughts around food and exercising to know that if I want to push myself and get back to feeling fit and feeling strong and back in that like mindset, I absolutely can. There's nothing wrong with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I know like when I first moved to Colorado, it was all about hiking 14ers and how many 14ers can you hike? Totally. Yeah. And guys, I get super bad altitude sickness once I hit like 12,000 feet. Um, But, you know, for a while, like my motivation was I really want to make it to a 14er. Like I don't care how fast it I can do it. I just want to summit it. And, you know, I've summited four or five now and it feels so good to accomplish it. But I never once thought of like, oh my gosh, I burned so many calories. Good for me. I can eat whatever I want for the next week. It was just like, I did this accomplishment that I didn't think I could do. And it was really hard. And I did have to train for it. Like I was working out and biking and swimming and trying to do other things to really help get me in shape so that I could do it and succeed at it. But, you know, it's like finding what you enjoy and finding something that is challenging for you. Two side notes on that. Yeah. First of all, Brooke can kick my butt in hiking. I do not like hiking. You can kick my butt in in uh, cycling. Yeah. <laughs> See, everyone yes. has their stuff, you guys. I mean, cycling. it's literally like you have to find what works for you. It works for your body that you enjoy. And it's okay if it's different than the person next to you. And I've had major, like this is, it's silly when I say it out loud, but in my head, major, like, I don't know, body image or like self-consciousness around the fact that I live in Colorado and hate to hike. Like that's really, it's kind of, it's I'm, I'm judging you a little yes. bit. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's like, 
it's seriously like the thing that people go do here and I just don't enjoy it. And so I always want to though. And every time I push myself to hike when I don't actually enjoy it, I'm focused on the wrong stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, like you said, I loved how you mentioned that. Like I love the goal, the accomplishment of summiting it and getting that picture and the view. Yeah. Like once you get to the top, you're like, Oh my gosh, this is so incredible. This view is amazing. You just sit up there and like, it is beautiful right. to sit up there and, be tired and know like I worked really hard to get up here and there are I will say if there's a lake at the top of the hike (laughs) I will absolutely go like I love the views of lakes but to me it's not worth it a lot of times I've done hikes and I stand at the top and go yeah that wasn't really worth it at all I just it's not my thing you guys I love being in nature which is really funny because I love snowshoeing which is basically just winter hiking yeah I don't I if someone maybe calls us like psychiatrist to listen to this and tell me like what's wrong with me why I like snowshoeing but not hiking that'd be great I always like I think what it is is I like making my own tracks and following a hiking trail drives me nuts it's like you're in nature with a million other people, especially in Colorado. I will say hiking in Colorado versus hiking. Like when my husband lived in Flagstaff, Arizona, we would hike out there and it was cool. Cause like you would hike and there'd be nobody around and it was so, you really like were alone in nature and then hiking a lot of places in Colorado. It's like crazy. You got to wait for the pre- people in front of you. And then somebody has a dog that's not, that doesn't like your dog and growling. At, like, it's just, it's like or chaotic. you have to take a bus to the hiking trail and you're yeah. like, Okay, so now I have to drive my car to this lot, park, park wait for, for a parking. bus. Yes, pay for parking, wait for a bus to take me to this amazing hiking trail that has 150 people on it. Yeah. You're basically just following the person. Sorry, I get really heated about this. The point is, find something you actually enjoy, not what you're expected to enjoy or what your friends enjoy. Find something you actually enjoy. Take, like, take the chance, you guys. If you think you're going to hate hiking, try it anyways and see if you actually hate hiking. Like, so many things surprised me. Like, I thought I would hate snowshoeing because I hate hiking and I freaking love it. It's just a totally different experience. So grow with yourself. And I think the other thing to go along with this is like pushing yourself is it's okay to be competitive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I'm competitive. Guys, you should see her at cycle bar. <laughs> it's like real. It, I love it. I, that pushes me so much. And I had to do a lot of digging in on this during my like intuitive eating journey or obviously still going on. But like, I did have to dig into this at one point and be like, okay, where is this competitive nature coming from? Do I just want to be better than someone? Do I want to gloat? Do I want to like boost myself up? Is that how I'm finding self-worth is that I beat someone in spin class? Like, do I feel the same looking at my phone knowing that I finished first in a spin class than I do that I finished fifth or 25th or last? Do I feel the same from my workout knowing that I got what I could out of it regardless of how I placed? And there's some work to be done around that and unpack that like at the end of the day, I gave it what I could in the moment. And sometimes that's 150% and sometimes that's 10%. And I'm okay with that. It's what I could do in the moment. And to sit and still be still and know that instead of having my worth tied up in how well I placed while also using it as a tool to push myself. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Yeah. It's super nuanced. Yeah. You want to have a challenge during your workout. You want to feel pushed and motivated, but you also want to look back at it and you don't want to necessarily have the numbers dictate how your workout was because the other thing is for instance, like in cycling class, when it ranks you, you don't know who's next to you in the class. So you could have people that like, they ride hundreds of miles a week and you could, and then you could have a class where it's people who are all new. 
So it's, it's hard because you could have the best workout of your life in place 10th because you're with all these crazy athletes or, you know, you could be like kind of pushing yourself and, and just not pushing yourself as much as you did the day before, but you're with people who are newer. And so it is, you know, hit and miss too. So sorry, we keep using spin class as an example, but Brooke and I do spin together. Yeah. (laughs) Or at least we did before we, you know, had babies. Got really pregnant. Seriously. (laughs) So, um, but that's like, this is, goes back to say like, Brooke and I enjoy different forms of activity. I love to run. She hates to run. She loves to hike. I hate to hike, but we like our, what are those things called? The two circles. Venn diagram. diagram. (laughs) Throw it back to like seventh grade. Yeah. Second grade. We don't know when they're teaching that now. A Venn diagram. We like over pass. Overlap. (laughs) Thank you. I need more coffee. Overlap on spins class. So we always use that as an example, but it put that into wherever, whatever Mm -hmm. workout you do or enjoy. So yeah. So, um, and yeah, if you guys really enjoy hiking or you enjoy swimming or whatever it is, just find something you love and then do find a way to kind of push yourself. Um, if you get to the point where you feel like you are pushing yourself because you want to burn more calories or you're pushing yourself because you're motivated to lose weight, those are not what we're talking about. We're talking we're, about, yeah. I want to become stronger. I want to become faster and those things are fine. It's just, what is your motivation behind it? And then finding a way to be successful in it. So I want to swim this amount of laps in this amount of time, because if you can do it in a faster time, then you are getting stronger. And same with yoga. Like, are there certain poses that you can't do now, but in six months you want to work up to do like a handstand or headstand or whatever. Um, so it's okay to try to find ways to motivate yourself, to push yourself. And it just keeps, keeps you from getting bored. I think that's a huge thing. I think people get in a rut of working out and they're like not motivated to go because they're bored of it. They've been doing the same class with the same instructor or they get, they go to the gym and they hop on a treadmill. Mm -hmm. How boring is that? I mean, some of you guys may love that and good. That's great. But like, that sounds terrible to like drive to the gym. Yep. To run on a treadmill. <laughs> it, it, this literally right sounds like my hell. Like it's I don't awful. enjoy treadmill running. I enjoy running outside. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. would still do a treadmill run. So I get it to an extent. But I'm with you. But I can it's see how that's not motivating. Well, and people, people who don't know what their body responds to, like if you just drive to the gym without a plan and you just stand there feeling super overwhelmed, maybe embarrassed, a little silly, like you don't know what to pick up, what to put down, like you have no idea how much you can lift. And then you go over to the machines and you're like, I don't know how to work this machine. Like it can be over really can overwhelming be really at first. In, like really not help with your anxiety yeah. when it and, comes to that. Yeah. And the thing is, is like people then go, well, working out's not for me. Or they have this picture of what working out looks like based on what they did in high school volleyball or whatever, my example. <laughs> like it's just, it's not what you imagine it to be necessarily. Like if you picture working out, going to the gym, sweating for three hours, nearly dying, coming home, feeling exhausted, that's not what it has to be. It can be a 20 minute walk around the bar. Bark? Bar, bar. Around the park. Around, Around the, the bar. bar. <laughs> Around the just circle the bar a few times, you guys. Try not to spill your martini. That's all we're asking here. <laughs> oh uh, my gosh. I feel like our friends in college, we'd like circle the bar trying to find the men, you know? <laughs> okay, guys, circle the bar, circle the bar. Raise your hand if you see a man for me. <laughs> That's hilarious. Also knowing that Brooke married her high school sweetheart. So it wasn't Brooke looking for men. No, but likely. I was a fun wingman, guys. That's hilarious. Vouch for me. Vouch I was a good me. I was a good wingman. Put it in the written review. 
Um, And I did want to go back two things. First is remember mindset. This is all about your mindset. Where are you on this intuitive eating journey? Can you handle it mentally to go to the gym or go to a workout class or whatever and not have it determine your self-worth or your value? Or can you not look at the calories burned? You know, make sure you're at the right place to then start pushing yourself. Like maybe you need a solid year or two or five of easy workouts. Maybe you need a period of time where you don't work out at all. Maybe it's too triggering for you. That's okay. Take a step back. Give yourself that space and time to recover mentally. Because literally, you guys, once you figure out joyful movement, it's a drop in the bucket if you haven't worked out in a few months or even a year. Like, you have so much more of your life left. And if, especially if you're figuring this out younger than even Brooke and I are, like you have so much time. So taking a year off of working out or a week off or a day off or whatever it looks like for you to get your mental health right and the relationship with exercise correct, that would be so monumental for the rest of your life. So I just want to encourage you that it's okay to take a step back and work on mentally first where you're at with exercise. Second, I want to say for those of you dietitians out there or health professionals or whoever else uses this in their practice, SMART goals, you know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. So, uh, do you know what they're uh, stand for? I forget. Specific. Specific, measurable, measurable achievable, bull. right? Uh, yeah. Something uh, and then time. It's like time dependent. Yes. yes. What's R? I don't know. Whatever. Reliability. No. Who knows? I don't know. I'm going to Google Listen, we don't know, but (laughs) SMART goals are basically setting a very specific goal with a time constraint on it is... I got it. What is it? SMART, measurable, attainable, relevant, time-based. Wait, the S isn't for SMART, is it? Specific. Oh, you said SMART. (laughs) I don't know. SMART. M is for Mart, A is for Art, R is for T, T is for, hello there, mate, TV. Okay, anybody who likes Phoebe would understand that. Phoebe, exactly. Hello there, mate. Okay, so (laughs) setting SMART goals, although that makes a lot of sense on paper, and maybe if you're doing research of some kind, it's not always applicable in our life. Like, setting yourself, it could be setting yourself up for failure in a way of saying, I'm going to run every day for 30 minutes for a year. Okay, that's a SMART goal. Technically, that's a SMART goal, meeting all those requirements. However, that's setting yourself up for failure so that if you miss a day, you feel bad and all of a sudden you're depleted and you feel horrible. Whereas actually in the book, Intuitive Eating, they say, I think it's Intuitive Eating. Yeah, it's Intuitive Eating. Okay, I was like... I know, I've been reading so many of them right now that I'm like, wait, which one's that from? Um, They talk about setting a goal for most of the time. It's mm-hmm. such a good way to get out of that smart goal mentality of all or nothing. I have to meet this goal or I'm a failure. Wrapping up your self-worth in what you can achieve and saying, I'm going to go for runs most of the time, as mo- you know, as often as I can this week. You know, it sets you up in a place where even getting in one run is good. Like mm-hmm. Even if you can't get in a run because you were too busy is still good. You're still OK. Instead of setting these goals that are unachievable or setting you up to try to be perfect and then blowing it when you're not. Mm-hmm. And there, there's like no room here to feel guilt and shame for when you miss workouts because like it's in totally. the past and you can just, you know, do, do what you need to do this week, even if you didn't do it last week, because our life is, 
is not the same every day. Our week is not the same every every week. I mean, just this week, I was recording with Alyssa. <laughs> and then we thought my kid was having seizures. So then I ended up in the hospital again. Priorities, people. <sighs> um, so, you know, it's like... Wait, he's okay. Let's he's say. fine. He's fine. <laughs> just in case you guys don't follow us on Instagram. <laughs> he's fine. He's doing well. But it's like every time that I have a plan of like, oh, I'm going to go to the gym on this night. Sometimes something happens where my husband has to work late or my, my kid gets sick. And I mean, there's just, you have to be flexible because you never know what's going to come up. And so I think it's important too, in a planner, like you could plan out Mondays. I do this Wednesdays. I do this Thursdays. I do this, like whatever classes you enjoy. And then your goal is I'm going to try to do it if I can. Mm -hmm. For instance, I try to work out on my lunch a few days a week. And so I'll like go to the gym and swim for an hour or I'll go to yoga class or I'll do a class midday. Um, and my goal is to do it. But if my son has a doctor's appointment or my dog, I have to bring him to the vet tomorrow during lunch. And so I can't go to the gym. Like things come up and I don't feel guilt and shame about missing it. I just, the next week I'll try to go. Yeah. I think that's like, you know, even just the way you phrase that was like, so gracious with yourself while also pushing yourself to like a great goal. Mm -hmm. Like I'm going to try to work out of my lunch for most of the time. Like most yep. of the time I'm going to work out of my lunch. However, that would be worded. It's like most of these days ahead of me during my work week, I'm going to try to do something outside every day, you know, or whatever that looks Weather like. Weather permitting. Weather permitting. Again, if you get most 10 of the inches time. of snow, exactly. don't work out outside. Well, yeah, my spin class has been canceled like three I times. Know. We've had so much snow, guys. It's been a lot. It's a little intense. And Ugh. I'm ready for like spring. So no. <laughs> anyways. But yeah, be gracious with yourself, set goals, but you don't necessarily need to be so specific with your goals that you set yourself up for failure if you have a mentality like me. Like my mentality is all or nothing. If I set a goal to run every day for 30 minutes and then I miss a day, I blow the rest of the week. Like I'm literally like, well, I'm off that goal and I try to set a new goal. So it's like, mm -hmm. no, instead of that <laughs> all or nothing mentality, try to use that phrase most of the time or when I can or you know, and, and be honest with yourself. If you say when I can, and then you have an opportunity to can. And you don't do it. And you don't do it. That's not being honest with yourself. Set a different goal. Use a different phrase. Um, and then also give yourself permission to listen to your body and know that even though I said most of the time or when I can, today I'm feeling sick or I have a big day tomorrow, I need to go to bed early and it's already 8 p.m. or whatever, I'm not going to get my workout in and be gracious with yourself. And that's where that mindset comes back to where intuitive eating should lead you. Yeah. Is that it? That was pretty good. Yeah. I was excited about that one. I was really like motivated <laughs> to talk about this because I saw a few, um, a few like health, not health coaches. What are they called? My, my brain Like is. intuitive eating coaches? No, no, no. They were fitness coaches. What are they called? Fitness models? Fitness influencers? No, who do you hire? Like at a personal a, trainer thank you for that mm -hmm. knowledge jesus 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 it's i gotta edit that out sorry jesus love you we're on good terms um sweet i jesus. saw <laughs> several personal trainers talking about intuitive eating or listening to your body but then also like pushing yourself and then some of them I feel like got it right and made a lot of sense and then some of them I was like no don't say that like people are struggling or they they're not gonna read that right or what that's not coming across right and then I immediately texted Brooke and I was like we should talk about this yeah that was perfect <laughs> because I think a lot of our episodes are very like 
have grace, be loosey goosey. It's good. And that's so good to like drill into your head and learn. But there's also a place for like pushing yourself and growing. Yes. And guys, it's cold and flu season. Just a quick reminder. And you know who I'm talking about. Um, Somebody (laughs) very near and dear to my heart was like very sick and she was recovering from a very terrible cold and flu. And she's like, I need to go to the gym tonight. And I'm like, you do not need to go to the gym during cold and flu season and infect everybody. Yeah, true. And push your body when you're not feeling good. Respect other people, guys. Yeah. Okay. I have no no idea who you're talking about, but I need you guys to know it's not me. (laughs) It's not you. No, no, no. That's all I care about. I don't want to call this person out on the podcast, but I do do because, um, yeah. And then I was like, um, you can just go walk the dog outside in the fresh air because that's still something, you know, getting fresh air when you're sick actually feels good. So good. Sunshine too. It's like sunshine and yeah, you're not. In fact, I was like, ooh, do not go to a gym. And then friendly reminder, everybody, wash your hands. Cold yes. and flu season. <laughs> Great reminder. Yes. Should All we right, read guys. some reviews? Yes. Okay. Review time. Um, <laughs> do you want to read this one? I would love to. Okay. Okay. This one is called Listen to This with periods in between. So you know they're like very serious. <laughs> <laughs> it's five stars. It says, amazing podcast that makes intuitive eating very practical. As a newer RD, I love how this podcast provides practical information on how to use intuitive eating with my clients. Oh, I'm getting emotional reading it. Oh, geez. <laughs> okay. I, won't cry. I know. I know. And this isn't even the one that made me cry the first time I read it. A uh, great podcast for healthcare professionals or anyone who just wants to learn more. I refer. <clears throat> wow, seriously, I'm going to cry on the podcast. Oh, jeez. <laughs> okay, I'm going to pinch myself. I refer family to this to help them bust down diet culture and work on their health relationship with food. And that's from Dietitian MJS. Thank you. Thank you so much. We really appreciate your guys' reviews. And we love hearing uh, reviews from people that we know, but it's like even better to get reviews from people that we have no idea who you are oh man like that's why i cry i know that's why we started the podcast you guys like i mean we always joke that we do it because we talk so much at work and like yeah that's That's a big part of it but it's very much like how much we impact you guys and when you send us like direct messages and emails or leave reviews and say that this has helped you in some way you make Alyssa cry okay yeah (laughs) this one's good too okay this one was also from January. Um, it says, what's not to like? Cust- da, dot, 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 which I know what it says. Yes. It says, custard. Good. Jam. Good. Beef. Good. Good. It's the best. So we know that that's a friend's quote. So thank you. This is but, from yeah, Sam iTunes, for like, Science. Cuts it off. And yeah. we appreciate the food pun and the hilarious friend's joke. Like this person I was like, gets us. I was like, I don't know who this is. But they really are true listeners. True listeners. Um, Brooke and Alyssa break down the diet culture barriers with evidence-based research and openly share their experience as dietitian and moms. These ladies are hilarious and have great camaraderie. As someone who has felt the egg defeat of diet culture multiple times in my life i have grown to des- despise diets it was so refreshing to hear about intuitive eating and the empowering gift of having a better relationship with food in my body especially after having a baby favorite ep- episodes include but not limited to all about cooking oils all about ashton amen that's my yeah. baby all about gut health looking forward to the next episode Thank you so much, Sam for Science. And we love that you did a friend's quote. That's right. Okay. 
Uh, thank you guys so much for leaving a written review. It's really leaving stars and written reviews are the best way for iTunes to know that you guys enjoy this podcast and to share it with more people. So we cannot thank you enough. And we still have our giveaway going on. So until we get to 100 reviews on iTunes, we are still doing a giveaway. So what do they win, Brooke? You win Fit Stack Snacks, Diet Riot merch, a $25 Amazon gift card, health at every size, and intuitive eating. Whoop, whoop. So that giveaway is still going on. Check our Instagram to learn more at diet.riot.podcast. Make sure to enter the giveaway. Uh, take a snapshot of what you're listening to, which episode you're listening to, put it on your social media and tag us for an extra entry for that giveaway. We're super excited to give that. Um, and then be on the lookout for more information. You guys, I would definitely follow us on Instagram if you want to be the first to know of anything else that might be coming out. Hint, hint, nudge, Mm, nudge, nudge, nudge. We got some really exciting stuff coming out, but for real, it's going to be great. But like for real, for real. Yeah. And we have some, like, I have some ideas of making you guys vote on things so if you want to be part of the vote and you want to have a say i didn't know this i know you got to do it over on instagram because itunes doesn't let us do anything in real time so yeah thanks for listening you guys hope you love this episode we'll catch you later bye bye Should we switch sides so you feel more comfortable? <laughs> it's fine. I can sit on the right. It feels really weird. Also, my son's a lefty. I feel like this is really That's so low. Funny. Yeah, we're we're low. That's r- Do you need something? Get low, get low, get low. Get low uh, get no, low, get low. I'm good. Okay. Well, I'm old and my back hurts. Oh, okay, it's fine. We're old. Okay. All right. Ready.